Good morning, everyone. This is Gary Kay, and you are listening to a special AV People edition of my Rants and Raves podcast. I'm excited to be joined with Lisa Eveler. Uh, Lisa is a regional manager right now in the uh, North Texas territory of Mizzen Marketing, which is a manufacturer's rep company. Lisa, good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks, Gary. How about yourself? I'm, have, I'm uh, having a great day, and I'm excited to talk to you. Uh, as uh, as you may know, as a listener, uh, we have a I have a series of podcasts called AV People that focuses on some amazing things that women have done in the industry. And I'm trying to talk to a wide range of women in the AV industry and sort of talk about their journey, how they got in the industry, um, the impact that the industry's had on them, the impact they've had on the industry. And I, I thought it'd be great mm-hmm. to talk to you because. Um, you're in a different segment. So I've talked to uh, women who, I've, I've had a few women on that run AV companies in our industry, a, a couple that run marketing. I have uh, talked to women who work at integrators and at, at, at uh, uh, systems design firms, but I haven't talked to one at a rep firm. So I thought this would be a great, great opportunity because you are currently at a rep firm. Uh, tell us a little bit about Mizzen Marketing and where you're located in North Texas. Sure. So Mizzen Marketing is a 15-year-old manufacturer's rep firm. Um, we are we cover a four-state geography. It's commonly called Tola, Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Louisiana. And uh, you know, rep firms across the country vary greatly. They vary in size, um, the amount of lines that they keep, and their verticals, what they focus in, and also their size. So I would say we're probably medium-sized. Um, we have about uh, eight to nine lines right now that we're very happy with, and we're a team of six. So, so now I, I actually used to live in uh, sort of in North Texas. I lived in Dallas uh, when I was at AMX for a couple of years, and um, and that was my first experience with a rep firm. And a lot of people listening on here may know what a rep firm does, but what, how does a rep firm differ from sort of, or where do they fit in, in the distribution manufacturing the end user? Yeah, I can answer this question pretty well because I spent the first, I would say 10 years of my career on the manufacturing side. And um, I also often wondered, what do our reps do? (laughs) Um, Because you see them at the trade shows and, um, you know, you hear them on the phone, but a manufacturer's rep in general is an, a very important conduit between the manufacturer and uh, it used to be just AV integrators. Now that's actually expanding. We are sort of charged to get in front of end users and pull sales up through the dealer network. That's become a really important um, uh, initiative. But don't forget about the AV consultants. They're incredibly important, and we also go visit them, keep them up to date. And another leg of that is also distributors, because so many of our manufacturers do sell through distributors who have um, kind of similar needs to some of the AV integrators. So we have a lot of different endpoints that we need to touch. So um, let's talk about your background a little bit. You mentioned just a minute ago that you yeah. worked for 10 years at at manufacturers, let's let's even go back before that. Before we talk about uh, you know acoustic innovations and Stuart Film Screen, where you started. Um, but sure. You were back in. You were growing up. Were you? Were you? Do you have a family connection to AV? Did you kind of fall into AV <laughs> here? Because this is kind of. A- 
Um, I definitely fell into it. Um, I did not come from a family that, um, you know, was, was extremely high tech. Um, again, my father was an architect and uh, my mother was involved in real estate quite a bit. So absolutely not. But so I was actually going to school um, for environmental sciences and it's in South Florida. I didn't really have a lot of focus. Um, unlike some of the other people you might interview, I, you know, I wasn't necessarily college bound, but what I did have and I always have is a strong sense of purpose through work. I loved working. Um, so I actually took a kind of a, a, a summer job with a little company. Now, can I say the name? Sure, absolutely. Do we say? Okay. So the, the company name was Acoustic Innovations, and um, they were selling home theater interiors at a time when, you know, customers were buying CRT projectors and three-chip DLP projectors were coming out, and it was a really exciting time in the world of residential AV, and I had no idea what I was getting into. Um, so, you know, I, I began there just uh, basically answering phones. Um, many times customers would call in with technical questions, and, you know, I wanted to know those answers. So I really began like inquiring and just building up my knowledge. Um, but really, what what really got me interested is, you know, Acoustic Innovations put a lot of faith into me, and they started taking me to the local trade shows and um, just giving me a great opportunity and entrance into the industry. And did so you I'm, I'm industry yeah. going to the trade shows. I mean, does that was that enough for you to kind of decide that this was the industry you want to be in? Well, you know, that was part of it because at a young age, um, there was a lot of social, you know, first of all, I think that's what keeps a lot of us in the industry is that our friends are here. Um, but actually, it, you know, I was thinking about this. One of the most early, I think, female mentors for me was a woman named Carol Campbell. And she was in publishing, but she also um, had a class called teaching or selling to women. And it was highly recognized at Cedia. And I was able to take that class. And what impressed me so much was that here's an industry that was dominated by men and phenomenal woman up there that was highly respected and had been in the industry. I mean, today we look at the industry and think, wow, there's not very many women. Um, you and I know that it was even less back then. Yeah, definitely. Right? Yeah, in fact, Brings up an interesting question. There were a lot less when you were when you'd go to these events. Did you feel comfortable, or did you feel uncomfortable, or how did sort of did you assimilate yourself into this market that was definitely in that time was probably ninety five percent male. Yeah, well, that's a good question. Um, you know, you're absolutely right. You're you're at the trade shows. It's male dominated, or you're in the field. I mean, that's still the case, but. I would say that I never really had any issues. Um, you know, as a person of the industry, I don't really think of myself as a male or female. Um, so I think it was fine. I'm not sure if that answers your question correctly, but 
you brought up the point of uh, when you when you when you first started going to these shows, you noticed that the you know it was that way. Did yeah. how did you make you know? I, I guess you said you don't you didn't really like look at yourself that way. Um, by yeah. Sort of a male versus female thing, but at the same time, I mean, when you were going out on these uh, dinners or you're going to the trade show and you're meeting people in the booth, they are mostly men. And one of the one of the founders of mm. of smart technology, Nancy Knowlton, told me. Uh, back when she was uh, at the first Infocom in 1980, I think she said 1988 was her first Infocom, maybe 1987. She said literally everyone sure. in the booth and no one would talk to her because they all were looking for the the men in the booth who knew the information. They just assumed she didn't. It doesn't sound like you had that experience. That's funny. Well, you know, yes, I have uh, actually. But, you know, one of the things, I guess I don't take it too seriously. Um First of all, you have to understand that we are in, in some ways kind of a unicorn, right? It's, it's sort of unexpected um, in some places. I had done a simulation show called ITSEC um, during my time with one of the manufacturers. And um, the, the generals would come up and they'd have questions about the products in the booth. But I had one actually ask me, I'd like to talk to a man. Um, and it was kind of funny because the man that they went to speak with at the booth had to come back to me to get the information that he needed because <laughs> awesome. I knew it, you know, um, I, I had ordered the screens and I knew what it was. But, you know, I think the thing is really important as a female in the industry is not to take things too seriously um, and really just get out there, have the confidence and also realize that there's a lot of wonderful people people that will go out of their way to make you feel welcome. And that's, that's kind of been my experience being a female, but um, I think I am one of the lucky ones <laughs> in that way. And I also think I'm a bit of a tomboy. So that definitely helps as well. I've always been fairly comfortable, you know, hanging out with the guys. Yes. Um, so. So you were Acoustive Innovations, then went to Stuart Film Screen. Obviously, that opened up a wider yeah. segment of the market because obviously Acoustic Innovations was focused on the residential AV side, and, and Stuart was both in the residential and the commercial AV side. Um, at yes. what time did you decide to, um, to, to kind of go off and be a rep, and how did that kind of work in the progression of your career? Yeah, that was real. That was very, I mean, every step that I've taken, I think, is extremely exciting, right? These companies, when they take, um, when they give you a chance, they're investing in you. And that's not lost on me. So, you know, my time at Stuart was exceptional. Um, it really opened my eyes, just like you said, to the world of um, visual displays and also commercial AV. But um, I was in a marketing capacity there, Gary, and I really want, I had gotten away from working with integrators on projects, and I wanted to get back to that. And I had an opportunity through um, a friend of a friend in the industry, JBL Synthesis, who their local rep needed someone. And uh, my buddies over there, they convinced me that I could do it. Um, and I just took a leap. Uh, I, I kind of knew what reps did. I, I highly respected them. And, you know, I really enjoyed being a rep, being in the field and being the closest that you can to 
projects and integration and how end users are using the technology is really exciting. So it just kind of took off from there. So you, it's, and that's where you've been now for, uh, let's see, how long have you been at, uh, been about 10 years almost, right? Yeah, so a AB Partners was on the residential side and, um, you know, met a great guy and moved to Texas um, and got an opportunity to work for a rep firm, which was on the commercial side. Okay. And that was a really big jump. Um, you know, in residential, you kind of have one venue to work within, which is the home and commercial, it's everything else. So, you know, that I think more than anything, uh, keeps you very busy. There's ever, it's ever changing between all the verticals and the technologies in them. So, um, yeah. How, um, you, you were sort of a tomboy, but also, um, we're never intimidated with that. Even the situation where someone walked in the booth and, and said, hey, I want to talk to a guy. Uh, but then he had to come back and ask you the answers, which I think by the way is hilarious. Um, <laughs> yeah. you, uh, obviously having gone through that experience, uh, and obviously you had some, some great sort of mentors along the way. Have you had the opportunity to mentor someone else that in that kind of capacity to sort of help them uh, wade their way through the industry that that may or may not have been uh, you know a barrier whether they're male or female. Um, you know, I think yes, I have indirectly. Um, groups like the Avixa Women's Council I think are great because they're fostering the mentorship programs. Um, I just had lunch with you know Amanda um, at Avixa Membership Council yesterday, and Christy Ricketts, our lo local chamber. Um, council leader, and we were talking about the importance of that. But, um, you know, mentorship and friendship, I think, go hand in hand. There's, there's a lot that you learn from each other as females in the industry. So, you know, one of the things that I think we need to do, the women that have been here for a while, is, is really help retain women in the industry. Because what I see, they're coming in but if they don't find a connection, oftentimes they leave the industry, right? So retaining them is extremely important. And I think through a mentorship program, that's, you know, that will help. So yeah, you're exactly right. In fact, I have two daughters and um, uh, one of them has interned with my company a number of times, gone to Infocom and ISC and other shows. And she's interested loosely in the industry but not has never felt completely welcome in the industry. And it sounds like that's kind of what you're yeah. talking about where someone will come in the industry and not feel like that they are connected. So in addition to mentoring, mm -hmm. you can solve those, those problems. Cause when you do go to a trade show now and you've been in the industry long enough to know that when you go to a show now, it is, there are a lot more women than there were, but if you, were an outsider coming in, you would still think, wow, there aren't very many women in the industry, even though we see a lot more than there ever have been. What, what other kinds of things do you think we could do to change that? Because one of the things that's been pointed out with by almost all of the women I've had in this AV podcast, uh, Inga uh, Govarts, who runs sure. Mar Barco, pointed out that the, the women, they use the women inside Barco to give them a different perspective on both the technology and the product application that they can't get from only focusing on, on men. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, what can, what can we do 
to feel make women feel more welcome. Well, yeah. I think and I think there I think there's an important education that has to happen about all the different roles that are available in the industry because a lot of them come in, they're overwhelmed by the technical aspects of it and think, I'm never gonna get this and I can't be a part of it. And you know, that's you know, men go through that as well. That's not a um female male thing ex- or experience. But I would say just an education to say, look, there's all kinds of roles for women in the AV industry. And the other thing is you can always start in one position and take the time, get your CTS, get educated and and grow and change. So it's really taking, you know, baby steps in. But um, feeling feeling overwhelmed and intimidating, I think, is a huge factor that that does limit women. And I think that going to the trade shows also helps, it sounds like as well, because in that case, you get exposed to how big the industry is and how different the industry is from the world that you work in. So for example, I think you said your firm handles about nine or 10 companies. Now, if if the only place you'd ever worked was your firm now, you wouldn't realize how big the industry is and the impact that those nine or 10 companies have on the rest of the industry. So going to the shows and having the opportunity to go to the shows, uh, it sounds like what you're saying is that would be one way to expose people in addition to the efforts that Avixa is making. Oh, you're absolutely right. I mean, um, I'll give you an example, you know, working in acoustic innovations, um, you know, I, I, I ran the West coast sales and um, from, from the inside. And I would always be disappointed that our integrators um, hadn't memorized, you know, every theater style or, the specifications on our soundproofing material, you know, et cetera. And going to the first trade show taught me that we, we were just a tiny aspect of what a integrator had to be focused on. It was extremely eye-opening. You begin to see that we're, you know, one ingredient, right, in the meal. So, yeah, I mean, I, I highly encourage any manufacturer, especially females and males that are on the inside support, they ought to go to trade shows. That, that is a huge eye opener. Yeah. That's an underrated position. Um, I think a lot of people think, well, we got to send our outside salespeople because they're the, they're the customer facing people, but you're right. I think, I think that that's an underrated position, the inside sales support position, because even though they're not necessarily customer facing all the time, they are the ones that are dealing with the widest range of questions at any, at any given time. And they're, isolated by just being on the phone. So yeah, I agree with you. Getting them to the shows would mean that they'd be exposed to, uh, to to where everything fits in. Um, Let me ask you a couple other Mm -hmm. uh, sort of uh, unrelated uh, to what we've been talking about, but still uh, interesting insights. If you, you know, going back in your career, looking back, uh, you know, 20 years uh, in your career, is there a moment that you saw something and there was like an aha moment for you in the industry or, or, or something that happened to you that were like, wow, this is, you know, huge impact, or this is something that, that really, uh, kind of changed your perspective on the industry. Do you remember one of those moments? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, for me, it was becoming a manufacturer's rep because I just, you know, yes, I liked what I did before, but Finding that niche, finding what you really enjoy doing in the industry is incredibly important. And when you find it, it's, you know, uh, A, you're going to be a lot more successful and you're going to enjoy yourself. 
And um, for me, it was becoming a rep. It was being able to work with numerous manufacturers and um, and help dealers get to know them better. And so, yeah, I mean, that was an aha moment. And I do think that if I hadn't found that niche, I might have gone somewhere else. So, so do you um, yeah. kind of related to that question? Do you remember a specific product? coming out that you thought was an industry changing product that uh, sort of was, was just a, a mind boggling or mind blowing moment for you in the industry? Was there some specific product or technology that you saw in, that, in those 20 years that you thought was just a, uh, you know, changes, changed everything? Sure. Well, I mean, all, you know, obviously the world of surround sound uh, was an incredible place to be as it jumped from 5.1 to 7.1 and, you know, 10.2 that was, you know, that I remember was, was excellent. But today, um, direct view LEDs are just blowing me away. What, what they are taking over in the visual space, you know, they're going into conference rooms. They're going into, they're changing the way these venues are. Outdoor pavilions and restaurants are suddenly getting so much more enormous because they have these gigantic screens. So like, you know, that's really fun to see, right? Things that are happening right now in the industry are incredibly exciting. You know, the industrial design of, of solutions, if something has a good industrial design, it's sitting on the conference table. It's being put on the wall. Um, on the other hand, there's solutions that are completely getting hidden away that are highly functional, but are blending into the aesthetics. So you're kind of seeing two two directions of that. Yeah, it's a good so. point. And direct view, and, and along with direct view, uh, LCD and LED, also OLED is is a good example of combination of both, right? The quality and then the, mm -hmm. the, the thinness and the different form factors of OLED is just blowing me away with transparent and then the bendable, the rollable, and the and the yeah. just mind boggling to me. Um, yeah. So, so if people listening to this podcast, uh, I'll put in a link to Lisa's uh, LinkedIn profile. Uh, Lisa, if they reach out to you, you can give them some advice, right? Absolutely. I would love to. Yeah. So Lisa's uh, got a great background. It's just a review. Started at Acoustic Innovations, went to Stuart Film Screen, uh, was at a, a company called AV Partners uh, for a couple of years, but went back to Acoustical Innovation, Acoustic Innovations. I forgot to ask you about that. So you went back to Acoustic Innovations after <laughs> from there. Uh, what was that like? Did you step right back into the job or was it a different company? Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny because um, I'm very good friends with Jay and Joanne and um, they needed someone to kind of revamp their website um, and also work a little bit with sales. So a lot of what I did is help rewrite that the website. And that was a lot of fun. Um, I had been a rep for them in Southern California. So you know, I never really was too far away from them. But um, yeah, I did that part-time and I worked for Miz in Marketing part-time. But that was a very short stint. But ultimately, as the opportunity with the manufacturer's rep grew, you know, I, I took it. Yeah. And so that's so, where we're coming to is that you're at Miz in Marketing now, which is based in North Texas and Dallas-Fort Worth area. Um, and uh, you know, reach out to her. And uh, Lisa, I really appreciate sharing your story and uh, thank the other reps for what they do. Uh, I think it's, 
um, one of the uh, most underrated positions in the industry. You're kind of in one of those positions that <laughs> love you or hate you at any given time because of how the distribution yes. is in our industry. And interestingly enough, a quick story about a rep, one of the reps, one of your co competitors probably technically um, um, back in the day, you know, 20 years ago, that was the first time I ever saw someone outside of a manufacturer ever focus on training their customers was uh, a rep based in uh, Texas built a, uh, an internal uh, training program and actually built a classroom in their firm. Um, so so uh, I think that in a lot of times, rep firms have innovated things that have gone on to be emulated by integrators and design firms. So uh, you're kind of an mm -hmm. industry. So and I appreciate you joining me this, this morning. Well, thank you. It was, it was a pleasure and it was an honor. Well, I appreciate that. And of course, we will see each other at Infocom only a couple of three months away, I guess, three months away from today, I think to, it starts uh, actually. And uh, I look forward to seeing you there. And uh, thanks for sharing your story. And of course, reach out to Lisa. I'll put a link in the, uh, in, in the description of this podcast so you can uh, connect with her on LinkedIn. And everyone, thanks for listening. And Lisa, you have a great day. Oh, thank you.